2: All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by Live Casino Hotel Philadelphia. And everybody's talking about the Phillies. Everybody's watching those games down at spring training on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Let's bring in Larry Legend, Phillies legend, Larry Boa. Larry, really appreciate you joining us. I see the palm trees. I see the weather. The <laughs> sun. It's beautiful down there.
0: It's unbelievable, John. You know, when you came down, it was really nice. This is the first time I can honestly tell you uh, usually you have two or three days of rain. It gets cold a little bit. So far, I'm going to knock on wood that, that it's been unbelievable weather. It's great weather to get in shape for for the for some of the players. Uh, we're going to have a few that leave coming Sunday or Monday to go to the World Baseball Classic. But up till now, everything's been great. The the Rob Thompson's had a great spring training camp. Uh, the coaches have done a tremendous job, and every player it seems like they're chomping at the bit. Uh, that last loss to Houston uh, left a sour taste in their mouth, and I see a great attitude in that clubhouse right now.
2: Yeah, and I got to tell you, you know, coming from the Super Bowl and the Eagles losing in the Super Bowl after the Phillies lost in the World Series, and then I come down there, and it's 80 degrees, and I see Larry Boa out there on the field. I mean, <laughs> this is like 57 years for
0: you at spring trainings. how amazing is it, that? It, yeah, you're right there. I mean, I, I've, I've been very blessed by the man upstairs to be able to do this. Uh, I have to thank John Middleton and the Phillies for letting me stay as long as I've stayed and all the other stops I've made with guys like Joe Torrey and Lou Piniella. Uh, you know, it's been a, a great ride for me and I enjoy it, John, e- every year. You know, I, I know I get up at five, five 15 every morning that sort of gets old after a while, but, uh, this clubhouse has sort of rejuvenated me. Uh, these guys have a tremendous attitude, great work ethic. And I really believe, barring any injuries, I know a harp's not going to start out, but barring any injuries, uh, I see this team, I don't want to jinx us, John. I see this team going back and and trying to win a World Series ring. I really do. Wow. I mean, that's
2: a big statement, Larry, because
0: you know from being a World Series champion and going
2: back to, I think, the 70s, there's only been like three or four National League teams that have been able to go back to back world series phillies were one of them in 08 09. how difficult is that because the phillies aren't going to surprise anybody now they're kind of the hunted
0: in a way you know being the representative of the national league you're exactly right john we, we we i don't want to say we caught people off guard but from the second half wow, we played great baseball and if it weren't for the third the extra wild card we don't even get in last year but i i just i there's a there's an aura about this team right now and of course Trey Turner adds an unbelievable amount of, of versatility to our lineup. You can hit this guy first, second, third, or fourth. I think right now, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think Rob has him bleeding off. Uh, again, I, I don't know if that's 100%, but he brings so much to the table. He can start the game off with a walk, stolen base. He can hit a home run. He can hit a double. Uh, his batting average is going to be around 300. He's very durable. He likes to play every day. Uh, I think Castellanos is going to uh, bring a better year this year. I thought he played very well the last month and a half, two months. Stott with a year under his belt. Uh, ball with an, a year under his belt. Schwartz had a great year. Marsh. I can go. I, uh, Real Mudo. I mean, I'm looking at that lineup. I, I would not want to face this lineup. It is, it is extremely deep. Uh, and I know the Mets have a good team. I know Atlanta has a good team. But I uh, I think our team is deeper than either one of them lineup-wise. And again, the key is going to be the health of our pitching staff. If our pitchers stay healthy, I think our bullpen's very strong. Our starters are strong. I think it's going to be a fun year for the Phillies.
2: Yeah, and I tell you, when a team goes to the World Series and is two wins away from a World Series, and then you go out and you get another $300 million man, then you get a guy for your rotation who's a very solid like three or four, and then you add to your bullpen, what does that do to the clubhouse? Because you talked about the hunger of these guys, but what does that do to the clubhouse when they show up when they've got added weapons?
0: I think it shows you how much John Middleton and the owner's uh, the other owners want to win here. Uh, they are committed to winning now. I mean, John gave a speech in spring training that uh, Rob asked him to talk, and he says, you know, guys, I don't want to win one championship. I want to win one, two, three, or four. I mean, and, and you, you could see how energized John was, and that energized our entire team before we even took the field. And the fact, as you said, went out and acquired two pretty good players, one in particular, a superstar, and, and added to our rotation in Walker, I think it removed any doubts in anybody's mind. Do the Phillies really want to spend more money? And John said, Hey, I want a championship ring on my finger. And I, I, you have no idea what that means to the whole clubhouse when your owner comes out and makes a statement like that. And there's no doubt in anybody's mind what John Middleton wants. And these guys want it just as bad. Believe me.
2: And Larry, I saw you when I was down there at spring training with a nice long walk with Trey Turner. And I'm looking out saying here's two of the greatest shortstops in Phillies history. And, Charlie Manuel said that Trey is going to bring that same excitement to the lineup like Jimmy Rollins did. So is he almost the perfect fit with the guys in the clubhouse being former teammates with a couple of them and also needing that atop the lineup, but also the rules changes with the bigger bags and the shift and things like that. Is Trey like the perfect guy because of the, the speed he has as well?
0: Well, I think Dave Dombrowski did a great job in getting him. You know, he called me and asked me about the shortstops, uh, asked my opinion. He asked other guys about their opinion. Uh, this guy fits into this clubhouse. Unbelievable. He can kid around. He can joke with guys. He can dish it out. He can take it. In fact, uh, the first day, they, you know, they have the banners up on around this, the, the uh, complex, and everyone says, what's Trey's uh, pitcher doing up there? He didn't even win a game last year. Of course, he took it in stride and everything, but uh, this guy's a winner, John. And the thing that I like about him, not only is he a great player, he likes to play. He doesn't want to miss games. Go check his games played every year. One year he played in Washington, literally with a broken finger for a long time. So his desire to go out there and post every day, day—that you people have no idea what that does for a manager like Rob Thompson. He's saying, I can put this guy in the lineup. I can hit him first, second, third, fourth. It doesn't matter what, this kid just likes to play. And I think uh, he, he's going to, blend in very nice with our lineup and I was thinking
2: the bases are bigger now I believe it's like three inches so some of those bang bang plays you know Trey Turner trying to beat out an infield hit maybe there's even more infield hits now because they're three inches closer to that bag what does the speed do to an opposing pitcher when Trey gets on base a lot of the guys say man he's already on second once he's on first he's going to be on second it's unbelievable.
0: And not only are the bases bigger, he wears those oven mitts and that's another two or three inches. <laughs> so you're talking about a guy with the, uh, above average, not above average, great speed. Uh, you know, I even said something to him. I said, man, you might steal 50 bases and he, he give me a double look like, Hey Bo, you know, you stole some bases, but it, it takes a wear and tear on your body. I said, I know, but these new rules, I think you're going to be on fire on the bases.' You know, you know, the other thing I think with, with, with Trey Turner that uh, he, He brings energy every single day. I mean, even when he does the extra work, Uh, this guy likes to have fun. He likes to compete. Uh, I've already watched him in spring training two or three games. He's got a two-strike approach. He's not afraid to hit the ball the other way. He can beat you right out of the gate with a home run. He can hit a triple. Uh, I just think he adds a whole new weapon to our offense, which was an unbelievable offense last year. Uh, and you put him at the top and I don't know who's hitting eight or nine, but I would imagine, I, like I said, I'm not making up right. If Marsh is down there, man, you got some speed down at eight, nine, and one that creates a lot of havoc. And not only does it create havoc to catchers and pitchers, whoever hits second or third, they're going to get a lot of fastballs. They hit, you don't want to be throwing breaking balls up with Trey Turner on that just gives him extra steps to get down to second. So it, his presence on the basis just filters down to our lineup and guys get better pitches to hit. They're conscious of him stealing bases. They'll go into a slide step. That means they have to hurry their delivery to home plate. It just, it, it, it just affects the whole lineup when he's on base.
2: Yeah, that is a great point. And, and you know, with these new rules, we're seeing that the spring training games are 20 minutes faster on average right now. And when they did do this in the minors or the independent leagues, offense was up. So with the pitch clock, do you think that it has more of an effect on the pitcher trying to get his wind every time? Let's say you have a 10-pitch at bat. Is, right. is that kind of advantage hitter in that situation?
0: Yeah, I would say it's something like that, John. But but what I've noticed so far is if the pitchers do it consistently, and I, I, you know, I talked to Aaron Nola about it, you're going to have a better defense. They're on their toes. They're not going to worry about guy taking 35 seconds to make a pitch, walking around the, the mount flipping the rosin bag up, rubbing the ball. It makes your defense, it puts them on guard right away. I think it's going to affect, believe me, you can probably think I'm crazy, some hitters. Because they have a routine. They like to get out. They like to process what they heard in the meeting, what this guy likes to throw 2-0, and what he likes to throw 3-1. and And those pitchers that get it and throw it, it eliminates that thought process. And I think once the pitchers get you, I think it's going to be more of an adjustment to the hitters. And, you know, a guy like Bryce, who to me, is one of the best hitters in baseball. If you watch his routine up there, he gets out, he steps out, he hits his spikes. I'm anxious to see how this affects him because he's dangerous in that box. But I wonder mentally how it's going to affect. Him. I don't think it's going to affect him that much. But there's guys that like to go through the process, and it's going to be fun to sort of watch who can do it and who can't. Same thing with pitchers. Pitcher gets used to out there. He's in a jam. He's got second and third. He says, okay, now what do I do? I remember going over the scouting report. Don't throw this guy a fastball here. And then he's got to shake off step off. So I think it's going to affect both, but I think in the long run, it might affect the hitters a little bit more than the pitchers. Yeah. And
2: look, I know you're old school. um, But, but for me, uh, I really love these new rules because I think you want to get the younger kids into it. You want more action. You want the games to be quicker. And with the shift now, you know, how much is that going to help a guy like Kyle Schwarber? You want to see those guys have success. You don't want to be seeing them ground out all the time. Right. in The
0: shift. I, I think it's going to help out guys to pull the ball like that. But I also will say that just say the score is two to one in the seventh inning and Schwarber's leading off the inning. If I'm the other manager, I'm putting a guy in left center and right center, and I'm bringing that other outfielder down and I'm putting him in the grass. I'm going to say, go ahead, hit a, hit a bloop. For, uh, bloop single down the left field line. I don't want you going out of the ballpark. So I I might bring that extra outfielder into short right field. So I'm anxious to see there's going to be some managers to do that. Believe me, but I think it's going to help out overall. You're going to see more hitting. You're going to see more. You're going to see better defensive play. You're going to see some athleticism in shortstop and second base where there's range and there's not three guys on one side of the infield. The only thing I don't like about the new rules is, picking up uh, picking pick over twice. And the third time, if you don't get him, it's a balk. Uh, I don't like that. I think if a pitcher wants to throw over three times, four times. Uh, it's definitely going to help guys with speed like Trey Turner, like Marsh. Uh, but the other ones I'm all, I'm all in on it. I think uh, with the exception of today, we got, we got pounced today, big time. The games have been faster. This one today, I watched it because they're down in Fort Myers. It was a long game. Uh, Boston sort of took it to us today, but other than that, they have been faster.
2: Yeah. I remember, I remember like the point you made about the defense. I remember the guys saying how much they love pitching behind or being behind Cliff Lee and playing defense because he keeps you so active and and you're not, you know, looking out into the stands because here comes the pitch again, by the way um, it's interesting because the shift is technically gone, but you make a great point. I mean, I think these managers, I think they're going to move their outfielder over more than people think. And so the shift technically isn't gone. And how about, once the ball is released from the pitcher's hands, I believe that someone who was on that side right uh the other side of the infield, they
0: can start to move, right? No, once once you're in a position for that hitter, you have to stay there for that hitter. You
2: have you to stay there saying? for the hitter.
0: For the hitter. That that's my understanding of it. Again, there's so many things going on right now, but that's what I understood that once you make your your you know like just say you wanted to put uh Trey Turner, between first and second, and move Stott between second and third. Once that hitter's in the box, they have to stay there for that at bat. That's okay. what I understood it to be. So I, I mean, I don't think we would have done that, but that that's the that's the thing that I uh, pull out of this thing. That just say you have a guy with great range and he's playing short, and you want to put him between. Oh, uh, you want to put him on the second base side, and you want to put the second baseman on the sh- on the shortstop side. He's got to stay there for that hitter
2: yeah how about uh, Nick Castellanos? because you know he he openly talked last year. he kind of got a little bit of resentment toward the city of Philadelphia once it was kind of put out put out there on sports talk radio that he was living in Ben Simmons house. He bought Ben Simmons <laughs> house. that's not going over too well in Philadelphia no, no. you know uh, so he kind of had a little build up kind of anger. he said he was a little bitter about that that people were talking about where he lives. How much more comfortable <laughs> Does he seem in his second year here uh, with he, the
0: Phillies? He seems very comfortable. I've had a couple conversations with him. You know what people don't understand, John? When you go to a new team, you, you can have spring training. You don't have a feel for the clubhouse. You don't know the guys really a lot because guys play four innings, five innings, then they leave. Uh, you played on teams that weren't expected to win. He played in Cincinnati. He played in Detroit. Now he comes to a team like Philadelphia. The expectations are higher. Obviously, the fan base is different than in Detroit or Cincinnati people don't understand that there's a transition there that you must go through and I think he showed the last month and a half that hey you know what I know how to play this game I can hit I made some plays I think this year is going to be much easier for him transition wise and as far as the Ben Simmons thing goes uh that might have been a mistake putting that out there because we all know how he left the city and of course people are saying that that place is haunted but uh, you know, Nick, Nick's in a good frame of mind right now, as far as I'm concerned, uh, yeah. he's working hard. He's hit a couple of balls good already early in the spring. I expect him to have a good year. I really do. And how about
2: Kyle Schwarber? I, I know that he liked leading off. He was comfortable there. I think it says a lot about this team where he's just like, Hey, Trey, he's, he's going to be the guy he's, he's got the speed that he doesn't. But um, for Kyle, um, what kind of year do you, you think he's going to have? And also, I mean, You've been around some great players and leaders. This guy, it's unbelievable to me. When I see him interact with all the guys, he's, he's one of the best leaders I have seen, but I'm seeing from afar.
0: He's a big time leader. He, he's, he, he takes charge of the clubhouse. He's not afraid to say, I'm not playing good right now. In fact, I was just kidding him the other day. I said, you're going to get a hit down here. Cause he you know, he says, I might not get a hit in spring training because you know, he's playing a lot. Uh, I'll give you an example. Of how good a guy this guy is. He could have, backed off this trip today he didn't go yesterday and I guess he told Tom I'll play he, but he very easily could have called hey Tom you know what that's a long drive to come he says hey I committed to this he drove down to Fort Myers he played today this guy's a team player I expect him you know he hit I don't know what he hit 200 210 I Great think this team, guy's yeah. very capable him 260 to 270 and if he raises his average like that that means he's putting balls in play and that means he's going to hit more home runs I don't think he cares where he hits this guy wants to win he's a team player uh, you know what admired me more about him more than anything? He could have a game where he was 0 for 4. In fact, I remember a game where he didn't play very well as far as offensively. And the question was, hey, did you hear the fans boo? And he says, yeah. He says, the way I'm swinging, I boo too. I mean, that's the kind of guy. He's a stand-up guy. He's going to face the media and the public, whether he's 0 for 4 or 4 for 4. And to me, that's, that's a sign of a true leader. This guy is all in. And you can tell who's in charge of the clubhouse when you walk in. He's a true yeah. leader.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you can see it from afar, just the conversations he has with everybody. He keeps it loose. He's laughing. Um, So, so we've talked about the lineup a little bit, man, great lineup, but how deep is the rotation and the bullpen? When you look at the fact that if Andrew Painter is the number five starter, you could possibly go to a six man rotation at times with falter or, um, you know, I mean, how deep is the entire pitching staff?
0: It's deep, John, and you know what you need. You need probably eight or nine guys. Whether you know you have your rotation in Philly, then you have uh, Lehi Valley. You very seldom go through a season, and I'm not saying serious injuries. A guy might have tendonitis or a stiff elbow where he's got to go on the IL. But to have those kind of arms, we got some good young arms down there. Uh, but like you said, you can set this up where it's a six-man rotation. Now I'm not saying that that Nola and Wheeler want six men, but if you want to give a guy, uh, the young guy's extra days. You have Falter, who I think filled in great last year. And, and I think he's one of those guys that he could be a swing man down there or bullpen. We have some power arms down there. But I I think that they're definitely going to keep track of our young guys' innings. They didn't pitch a lot of innings last year. Uh, and you can't say a guy, to have a guy go from 111 innings to 180 innings. You, you got to monitor that. And I think our staff and Dave and the rest of the front office is well aware of that. And they're not going to let any of our young pitchers get hurt. But to have that insurance down the minor leagues, to me, that is, uh, that's a big plus for us.
2: How about Andrew Painter, 19-year-old kid? He can't even go out and have a beer with the guys legally. And he, he comes in there. He's throwing 99 against Carlos Correa. How impressive is he?
0: He's very impressive. I got to watch him three times last year. He throws strikes. He's six seven. He's nineteen. He's got the mind of about a twenty seven year old. He knows what he's doing out there. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He's not afraid of the moment. Uh, to have that kind of maturity at nineteen is something very special. And we got another guy, Abel. I'm telling you, this guy is right behind. Uh, right behind him, and you got Abel and Painter. That to me, stuff wise, they're not going to be one and two in our rotation. But down the road they could be one and two pitchers in a rotation. I know we got Nola and Wheeler and they're, they're as good as anybody, but eventually when they get on, move on and maybe leave the Philly organization because they pitched a long time, you got those two guys waiting in the wings. Those are two big time arms that uh, uh, I wouldn't want to face those two guys because they got great stuff. They got big league stuff right now. The whole thing is about their, the maturity uh, and painter right now, like i said he acts like he's 25 but it's it's not a cocky hey i got this figured out this guy really believes he's got he's got the mental makeup right now to pitch at this level i'm anxious to see what they do i'm anxious to see if they start him here maybe they might say hey he might go, want to go down and, and have two or three starts or maybe a month you know that's going to be front office stuff and rob thompson and the pitching coach that's their call but i wouldn't be shocked if uh, if painter left this spring training as a number 5 and it wouldn't shock me if they said, hey, you know, well, we want him to go down there for a month and get his feet wet. So either way, it's good to have a guy like that waiting in the wings, whether he's the number five starter or waiting until maybe May 1st where they bring him up.
2: Yeah. And I, I love seeing down there as Zach Wheeler kind of suggested to the Phillies, hey, put this kid next to me. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Kyle Kendrick when he really followed Roy Halliday around and, and learned so much from Doc.
0: Well, you know what, you know, you get a guy like Wheeler and Nola uh, uh, giving this kid uh, talking in his ear, telling him what it's like to pitch in Philadelphia, uh, what it's like to set up hitters. That's nothing but a plus for me. That's a positive. And when you got a guy like Wheeler calling the clubhouse or calling Rob Thompson, and say, hey, I'd like you to put him right next to me. That tells that says volumes about what kind of guy Wheeler is. You know, he took him basically under his wing. And I'm sure they're talking every day about their outings. Uh, what pitches they threw in certain situations, and then you got Nola there. Uh, it's a good vibe right now, John. Believe me, it's a real good vibe.
2: How about the uh, the bullpen with the fact that you can basically go by closer by committee if you want to? Um, you could. How many closers you do you think this team has?
0: Well, we probably got three or four, but I-, I watched a Ranger throw today in a simulated game. He He caught my attention real quick. I mean, he looks like he's right on top of it, but you know, you, you got guys down there with par- Alvarado. I mean, this guy's lights out right now. Um, and I think Sir Anthony, it's going to take, you know, usually power arms take a little while in spring training. I remember Jim Fergosi saying power arms, the big time fastball is the last thing to come. And I, I like Sir Anthony a lot. You got three or four guys, that Kimbrel you got down there. Yeah. I mean, this guy threw a simulated game today. he was the one the 92, 93, the first time out down there. And, it, and that, that arm's going to build up. So you got options down there. If, you, if, if Rob wants to say, you know what, I'm going on matchups. I don't think anybody would say that, or he might say, Sir Anthony is the closer. You know, again, to have that many options, that tells you how deep this team is. That tells you where the organization is headed right now. We never had that kind of options before. We, we just haven't had them. And I think Dave Dombrowski's done a great job in acquiring these power arms down there uh, and to me, I wouldn't want to face this this bullpen from the sixth, seventh inning on because you're going to get nothing but 98, 99. And with their ability to throw strikes right now, that's a tough thing to crack when you're when you go out there with a three to two, four to two lead in the seventh, eighth inning or sixth inning. We got some arms down there to shut people down.
2: Yeah, and Larry, I keep thinking, like, these are great points, and then I keep thinking Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. The bottom line, it's like the Sixers say, we want to get them to the playoffs healthy and fresh and ready to go. Are these things that can help kind of get Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola fresh to the playoffs where maybe you can get to your bullpen a little bit earlier, or maybe you can have that start from Falter or something?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that, John. You, you don't want those guys to be going seven, eight inning right from jump street. Uh, you know, Wheeler ran into a, a little bit of, uh, of problems towards the end of the year. They weren't major, but they shut him down for a while, which I thought was great. He had a tremendous game. The last game we got beat, that's the best I've seen him throw the whole year. I mean, he had overpowering overpowering stuff. If you keep those guys fresh, and not only that, you know, usually when you take guys out in the fifth or sixth inning, you keep using one or two guys down that bullpen. We have a bunch of guys we can use, so we don't have to tire them out either. If you keep going to one, one, two, or even three guys in April, by the time you get to July, they're burned out but we have more than three guys down there so they can, they can give them their allotted rest. So that's why I think this, 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 the makeup of this team is such where I'd be very disappointed. I I don't want to put pressure on anybody. If we don't get to to where we want to go, I I would be disappointed because the talent, the arms, the manager, the coaching staff, uh, Dombrowski, uh, the owner, everything's in line right now. And again, we get get Harper back. Once we get Harp back, I understand he's coming in next, maybe a week, ten days. And somebody said he's already dry swinging. So I'm not going to put a timetable on him. I'm not the doctor, but knowing Harp, I'm not buying. And I this is an inside trading here, John. I'm not buying All Star Break. That's just me. And I don't have any inside info. I just know Harp, and I think he wants to get back here as soon as he can.
2: But you want to make sure that he is
0: totally clear and good to go. Cause he might be itching to get back. No question. We, we have options there. You can be, let him DH, let him DH for a month while he's getting the arm going. I, I you know, I I think the, the, the training staff is definitely going to uh, be caught caution on that. They're not going to rush him, but yeah. no one harp, uh, harp might be rushing them. Uh, I, I know they're very capable of, of monitoring harp, what he can do and when he can do it. And, you know, we've we've sort of last year when he was out for a while, we treaded water really good. And I think early in the season, I think we have the same capabilities this year. Are we going to miss a guy like him? No question. That's a huge bat. But I think we have the pieces to to throw out there. And with DHS, uh, I mean, I watched Hall today hit Uh, this guy. He swings a bat, man. I could see him DH in here early. So, again, that goes to the flexibility of your lineup, the length and depth of your lineup. Uh, I uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good thing for that. We have a guy like him.
2: Yeah. Rob Thompson said he's going to kind of do the, uh, the DH as far as like, you know, give, give guys a day off their feet, but, but Derek Hall, he's intriguing, but Larry, are there little things that Derek has to work on?
0: Is it just consistency? Well, you know, one thing I think he has to work out, John, you know, he's used to playing every day and he's probably not going to play every day. I mean, early in April, he probably against right-handers will will be uh, the DH. But a young guy like that, I mean, he's not young, young, but he's young as far as that experience goes. He might sit on the bench for three or four days, and then he might have to pinch hit maybe. That's a tough gig to do. But I think this kid's ready to play in the big leagues. You know, and, of course, Reese, I saw Reese today swing in a simulated game. He looks like he's ready to go, and I think he's playing tomorrow. So you get that, as you well know, when Hoskins gets hot, forget about it. It, it, You know, you got him hitting. I don't know where he's going to hit. Bobby's going to be down a little bit. And you got that kind of bat down there. And Bohm, Stott, Marsh. There's no easy outs in that lineup, John. There really isn't any easy outs. And Bohm's bigger. He's gained like 10 oh, pounds Baum of muscle. Bohm looks great. Bohm looks great in the field. He's swinging the bat. Bobby Dickerson's done a great job with him. He looks very good, very comfortable. Uh, I think a lot of these guys, John, going through what they went through last year, the playoffs, the excitement at Citizens Bank Park, uh, the energy the fans brought, they like that and they want to do it again, believe me.
2: And Larry, we were talking about leadership. I'll I will never forget that night with Alec Bohm, of course, saying, uh, I hate this bleeping place. And then he goes back into the clubhouse. Everybody knows it's out there. And Schwarber was one of the guys that said, Alec, just speak to the media, own up to it, own up to it, the city of Philadelphia. What an amazing moment, him getting a standing ovation the next game. I mean, that, that's, that says it all about this clubhouse.
0: It tells it all about the clubhouse and tells you all about these fans. They want you to be up front. He made a mistake. He admitted he made a mistake. And, and they embraced him. These fans, they're blue-collar fans, as you well know, John. If you're honest with them, he made a statement that he regrets. But he he faced the camera. And you like you said, Schwartz was one of the guys that, hey, you got to get out there, man. You made a mistake. And he manned up. And like you said, I'd never seen a guy. Schminney made a couple of statements and they didn't give him a, a, a standing ovation the next day. <laughs> Obviously, they embraced him as his career unfolded. But to do that with a young kid, to get a standing ovation like that, I think it, it tells you a lot about bone and it tells you a lot about the fans of Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. And and i tell you, Larry, that's why you're one of the most popular players in Philly's history, because you gave it every single thing you had on the field. And then when you were managing, you let it all out as well. Um, and you wear your heart on your sleeve. It's interesting. Um, this Phillies team, Larry, the ratings are really, really high for spring training. People are tuning in is look, it'll never be a baseball town again, technically with the Eagles, but I get it. do you sense that the city of Philadelphia is falling in love with baseball and the Phillies again?
0: I do. And, you know, I, I, I revert all the way back to when Charlie managed. And then when I played in the mid 70s, that place was electric. And like you said, it is a football town. But but the, the baseball is starting to come up like this where people say, oh, you know, we all wanted the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. And they were close. And right away, they turned the page and said, OK, we got the Phillies. Usually that doesn't happen until. Well, let me see what the Phillies can do. Let's wait till yeah. June. Let's wait till school gets out. Let's see where they are in June and July. Now it's, okay, the Eagles gave us a great run. They're going to be back next year. Let's turn the page and let's get the Phillies back to where they were last year. And they sort of overlap each other. And let's not forget about the Sixers right now, who are, you know, that's a good basketball team. And I keep reverting back to 80 when every single team, hockey, basketball, football, and baseball, went to the finals. That city was electric the entire year. There was no time to take a breath. Everybody was in the finals. We were the lucky one that won everything. But to go around the city and see four teams involved all the way to the end, that's really great to see. And I sort of feel that now with, with the Sixers. And, of course, we felt it with the Eagles. We need the Flyers to pick it up. I like their, their head coach. I like the direction they're going. So maybe we can get four teams to get headed in the right direction because that city can be electric sports-wise. There's no question about that.
2: Yeah, it is a wild ride, Larry. It's it's one to the next. I mean, it's like you're just on to the next. And uh, Which is great. It's funny, it's funny, when I came down to spring training, more than a couple players, you know, I just asked about the Super Bowl, and they said, I can't believe the referee made that call in that position at that time. I think sports fans just hated seeing it in that moment. It's almost like a balk being called in the ninth and a a, a winning run scoring that way or something like that.
0: Yeah, you know, you don't like to see that call. You know, the, the, again, but the stand-up, I'm trying to think of the, the defensive back. He James said, I held Right. He said, I held. Yeah. You know what? He manned up. And, yeah. you know, he could have very – he said that was weak. You can't make that call. And I think that's a, a, not only a tribute to him, but the coaching staff, Sirianni and those guys, they're, they're up front with everything. And, and I think the city likes that. I think the city – were they disappointed we didn't win? Yeah, I was disappointed we didn't win. But to me, they gave everything they had. A couple plays at the end hurt us, uh, but it's it's a stand up group. You know, it's a stand up group. Uh, they got the veterans on that Eagle team that sort of help the young guys out about what the city's all about. I try to tell these young kids when I go down there, hey man, you guys gotta give it hundred percent when you take the field because the standard in Philadelphia is it's you don't have to hit three hundred, you don't have to hit fifty. Give them everything you have every night. Nine innings, twenty seven outs. I'm not saying you're never gonna get booed. You're gonna get booed. But in the end, they're going to embrace you for the effort that you put in, and they try to. You hope that that filters down as these kids come through our system, because they know it's a. it's a tough city, but I tell you what: when you win, it's the greatest city in the world, and you got to expect negative negativity when things don't go well. They want to see winning.
2: Yeah, you have always gotten the city of Philly. We love it, and uh, we really, really appreciate the time. I think people are going to learn a lot about what's going on, the vibe of the clubhouse down there in spring training, and. Once again, I tell you, I'm looking at the palm trees. I mean, this is a, this is a beautiful <laughs> – you got your World Series 2022 hat on. Hopefully, you yeah. get
0: one for a championship. John, I'm looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not, I don't think we're going to have to wait till May, June, or July to see where this team's going. We're picked. Again, the so-called experts, I saw 87 wins, and I'm saying, what? Uh, unless I'm completely blind right now. Yeah. I'm looking at 90 plus easy with this team. Again, barring injuries, you know, we, we have no control over the injuries, but this team is a very good baseball team. And I know we got two other teams in this division. They're going to be very competitive, but I expect us to get back on the horse and get back to where we were last year. Yeah. And you don't have to face each of those teams 19 times now. Well, there's some teams I wish we were facing. because <laughs> They're not very good this year, but I like the fact we're playing everybody. I think it makes everything. A lot, as far as fairness is concerned, everybody's got to play everybody. There's not going to, you're not going to beat up on one team and go 16 and three. You're going to have to play other teams. And I, and I think that's good for baseball. I think it's good for the fans also.
2: Yeah. And, and start times for Phillies games
0: are what? 640? I, yeah. I like that too. Until so, I think till what? June or May or something. Yeah. So, I, I don't so, know what day it is, but they're yeah. starting earlier, which I like in April. Guys could be out to that. dinner by 915. 15. Well, with the pitch clock and Nolan Wheeler throwing zeros <laughs> up, maybe it's earlier than that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Larry, it was
2: great talking baseball with you, and I think everybody in the city can't wait till the team comes up here, and we look forward to seeing you and everybody with the team. And uh, it was great seeing you down at spring training, 57 spring trainings. I mean, nobody oh. loves baseball more than you.
0: <laughs> All right, John, I wish you were down here because I know how much you like this warm weather down here, but uh, you've got a good gig going right now. We're, we're going to be up there sooner rather than later. You got it. And there's been no snow up here. It's like a, a record. I heard for that. Help you you, you don't, jinx, don't jinx yourself. You know that March towards the end, there's always that one big snowfall. <laughs> so keep your yep. fingers crossed.
2: You got it. Larry, we look okay. forward to seeing you and the team up here. Thanks a lot. All right, John. Take care.